The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are live for another Wednesday night Wrestling Inc podcast it is the last of 2020 as we get rid of this year it is december 30th and uh all the feels were felt tonight that i can promise you if not then i would check your pulse i'm justin labar being joined as always by mr matt morgan and alfred kunawa uh gentlemen matt how you doing good how are you guys alfred doing great man you know as good as i could be but uh given the circumstances but doing fine yeah, an emotional night uh, as it's been on Wrestling Inc. And, and I'm sure it's been talked about by everybody since last weekend's uh, shocking news. Uh, Brody Lee, AEW star, formerly Luke Harper in WWE, uh, sudden passing at age 41. Just a sad, sad story all around. So tonight was going to be the first of uh, two big uh, premium show nights built around the new year by AEW. But they, uh, doing a very classy thing, decided to bump that. And they uh, scrapped all the booking plans that were in place, or at least it seemed so. And they made this all about a Brody Lee tribute show, which will run down. NXT also had a show tonight uh, leading into their big New Year's Evil, which is next week. I got to say it, uh, Alfred, man, I'm sure I, I, you guys got to agree. I felt bad for NXT because it's like, you know, they, they still got to put on a product. Obviously, there's just so much attention on AEW. And from a personal standpoint, I'm sure many of the NXT locker room would have liked to maybe watch this program and, and reflect on their colleague, Brody. Uh, but, of course, they still got to do their job. So a really weird yeah. situation tonight. You hit it on the head. Yeah. yeah absolutely. It was just so hard to concentrate because, you know, you know, I cover NXT, then you do AEW for these shows. And I, you know, did obviously watch it. But it was just so hard to concentrate on NXT and just have that on my mind, knowing what was on the other show and just knowing it was in the air and all that stuff. So a uh, very rough night for NXT to be on television, really. We will touch on NXT. I'll be honest, guys. The audience probably knows this. NXT is going to be a brief touch on tonight. We kind of all yes. we know that this yeah. is going to be just AEW focused in the Brody Lee situation. So uh, we'll touch on NXT, but but give it a break that we don't go deep and thorough into it. There's another another time, another day for it. All right, uh, so let's kick it off here with AEW. Now they start out the program with the entire uh, locker room on the stage, uh, front and center uh, is um, Brody's wife Amanda and his two. Uh, young kids, uh, Brody Lee Jr. was a big a big part of tonight's show. He's wearing a Dark Order mask. They do the 10 bell salute. Again, very emotional as we look at the faces of, of, of all the guys and girls up on the stage. 10 bell salute. Then we go to uh, then into a taped uh, message from John Moxley. We saw a lot of these. Moxley, just a great way with words, talks about how Brody brought joy to people around the world. Brody loves being a dad. Um, you know, wrestling was, you know, was just a job. And just talks about every day is a gift, every day is special, and every day I got to spend with Brody was the most special. He says, I love you, Brody, and I'll never forget you. Uh, a powerful opening here, Matt. It was. It definitely was. For me, it's you know, more, more emotional because the family was present. You know, that's really shitty. 
and that's tough to imagine what they're going through. You know what I mean? Like what's going on in their heads right now, you know, as, as this is all happening, you know, to be clear, I'm sure they're appreciative, but you know, you know what I mean? Still at the end of the day, those two boys, dad ain't coming back, man. That fucking sucks. It, it sucks. Yeah, and I mean, it was really uh, John Moxley was so perfect in this role, and you know he does have a way with words. And just after hearing all the things you've heard about Brody, and just all the beautiful stories, really the past few days you've heard about Brody, he did reference the fact that there's really nothing else to be said, or at least he said that. But then there was. I mean, things that I heard tonight from other people, from what I heard from John Moxley, I thought was a, just a brilliant tribute to Brody Lee. So this really, I thought, set a very good tone for what was a somber show, but a tribute show, and Moxley did that perfectly. He did. And like Matt said, you see the family, you know, we don't always, when we get the wrestlers pass uh, and such, we don't always see the wives or the kids. And when you see them, we see emotion on the face and and having to be strong to, to be present for the show. And like we said, appreciative, but still tough. Uh, It just, it, it, it adds, you know, we talk about all this wrestlers gone. We talk about the wrestler, but then when you see the family, um, yeah, this was, uh, this was a t- this was a, a very emotional start. Uh, I, I haven't seen him in years, but I I, I talked about this earlier. Don't want to hat, rash hash into it. The first biggest match I ever got to do working in pro wrestling was with Brody Lee, and uh, and he is I, you know I, I did not know him nearly as well as any of these people. He was such a great person. So to, so just to hear the the depth of how he touched these people, as we'll continue to hear from other testimonials, uh, was just very very uh, you know again hard hitting stuff. Some super chats we always appreciate. Um, Bigfoot Seekerhead 499 Emotional AEW, great show. Thank you, Brody Lee. RIP. Appreciate it there. Uh, disgruntled New York Jets fan Justin Lopez, dollar ninety nine. Wrestling isn't a sport; it's a community. Yes. Um, uh, Five dollars from JJ Smith. Brody Lee's tribute shirt is the new all time best selling shirt of all time on PWTs. They tweeted out all pre- proceeds go to the family. That's great news, and I'm not surprised Whoa. because somewhere in the first hour of AEW Dynamite. I looked on social media and somebody had screen grabbed the fact that that the the link to that tribute shirt that the the, the, the link had crashed the the server had crashed because of the overload of traffic, wow. so that is great news there. That is. Um, all right, so moving on here again, everything tonight themed uh, all the matches, multi man matches, all the matches involving somebody from the Dark Order uh, who are the baby faces tonight. No, 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 which way around this? And the first start off with Cole Cabana teaming with the Young Bucks up against Matt Hardy and Private Party. Uh, Cabana, you know, very emotional, has known Brody for a very long time. You can see it. Jericho's on commentary notes that you can see it in his eyes. But uh, they, they don't, emotion aside, they don't hold back and give us a great match. Cole Cabana with a beautiful moonsault to the outside. Um, all kinds of uh, good action here uh, to watch in the end after uh, some super kicks and then uh, Colt hitting uh, the Superman pin. Cole Cabana and the Young Bucks get the victory here. So uh, a fun way to start out here with uh, a lot of athletes in the ring. It was a good match. Um, Definitely a great match. Again, but I want to make one note. I don't ever want to hear from other wrestling companies, including WWE, and any other company, Impact, you name it, that you cannot change your show. I don't want to hear it. Because what they did tonight was a very big move. There was lost revenue in this. Let me be very clear about that. Of what they had set up going into New Year's and going into their special and said, fuck it, this is a million times more important. We're going to do this instead. And they did it. Like, if there was ever a company that's starting off with the right foundation, 
It is AEW, guys. And I want to hear bullshit. Oh, man, you always put them over and praise them, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But this is legitimate praise that they deserve because, again, they're a brand-new company. That's all we hear, right? Oh, there's mistakes they make all the time. They're rookies. They're greener than goose shit at producing. And uh, these guys being VPs, they don't know what they're doing. They're so new, blah, 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 blah. Whereas what they did know, they knew to uh, uh, lead with their hearts, and that ain't a cliche. It's fact. And that's what show that is what transpired this entire show tonight. That's what emoted through this entire show was that the wrestling business was thrown way on the fucking back burner where it should have been. And instead it was why wrestling can be fun, why we all became fans to begin with, and the good part of professional wrestling, uh, which is again why most guys got into it to begin with. And AEW is a great example of it because they fucking love it. They didn't get into it to get rich. They got into it because they love it. And you could not miss that tonight. You just couldn't miss it. Yeah, especially with like Cole Cabana. And in addition to being a tribute show, this was a fun wrestling show. This was a really good wrestling show. I mean, it was one six-man tag match after another. And to be honest, it kind of reminded me of watching Chikara with the King of Trails, which is its own tribute or homage to Brody Lee because he cut his teeth and, and kind of came into national prominence while with Chikara. So, you know, in addition to being just a knockout, one hell of a tribute show, they AEW has one hell of a six-man tag uh, division, and it was so good to see the Dark Order worked into that and using that to honor Brody Lee. And I just really love this opening match was really, I thought, maybe was the best of the show. And a uh, uh, really good, uh, heartfelt moment where I, I, I think uh, Cole Cabana paid tribute to Brody Lee while he was pinning uh, in a pinning com- combination. They kind did. of screamed to the camera. That was really cool. Again, really quick, Justin, before I go to you, um, I was just wanting to underline, circle it, boldface this fact again, okay, this sentence, that, again, professional wrestling shows can be done, can yeah. be completely uh rewritten with something completely different than what was originally intended and they can do it. I don't want to hear that they don't have the means to do it. They don't have the intelligence to do it. They don't have the discipline to do it. Yes, they do. And this was a, this was great proof of it again tonight because this was a major curveball thrown at all of them at AEW because this was their boy. And so while Mount, while being super emotional, while crying their eyes out, I'm sure when they first heard all this still, to be able to get together and say, all right, we're going to tribute this guy. How are we going to do this? You know, and we're going to change everything. Let's wipe our asses with what we were going to do with the original show plans. This is what we're doing. And they did it like that. So it can be done. I don't want to hear when we give excuses to some of these shows and say, well, you know what? They had to do this because it was a pre-tape show or because they were. this was something they've had in the works now for six months. I don't care. It just goes to show you in the future, if something is not working, they can change the show on a dime if they really, truly wanted to. When I say they, I'm really pointing more toward WWE, by the way. Yeah, and, and uh, Matt, to continue what you're saying, people have to keep in mind, this is this is a company in AEW that's, um, you know, the television product's just over a year old. Yes. The, actual, the actual formality of the company is about two years old. They, they don't have the 30, 40, 50 years right. equity that, that WWE has in. So, right. so each each show, and as Matt talked about revenue, it, it is a little bit more crucial. And to give everybody an example, um, you know, th- again, they're shifting their two-night, their two-night, or their two-week um, 
New Year's special. They're, they're shifting it back uh, by, by a week. Uh, and they did run through later in the night what we're going to see on those two nights. And one of the big things that they didn't mention, and I imagine that they might have lost it for the time being because of scheduling, is whatever they're building to with Shaq right. and Brandy and Jade Harbour. And so, again, as Matt's talking about revenue, they, they, they ended up tossing aside, again, a major cross-promotional angle, or so it seems, because they didn't mention it all the night in the end of promotion. So it seems... Because they knew, okay, this is the more important thing. We need to do this right. We need to, uh, you know, to honor this guy's legacy, yes. a guy who's universally liked by everybody. Um, so do you I, know what that does for that whole roster, by the way? Yeah. That whole roster is going, God dang, we work in the best company in the world right now. You guys get this, right? I guarantee you they're all saying that to each other back there. Some of the veterans, like I've been in the coding company, I guarantee you it's telling the young guys that. I agree. Uh, a couple super chats here. Terrence uh, witted uh, five dollars. Uh, bittersweet. How the dark order <laughs> capped off both ears. Wow. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I was trying to find the appropriate way to say this. I didn't want to get too into the weeds of booking of like, okay, is the dark order now going to forever be baby faces or what have you? But no. I did think that the last dynamite of 2019. You remember the headline about them was you know we were watching one of the one of them throwing punches extras that were, that were throwing punches that weren't even touching the guy. Uh, and, you know, Brody hadn't joined the Dark Order. There's still a lot of unknown, like, okay, what's this Dark Order really going to be? Now, a year, now, even prior to Brody's passing, they had really started clicking. Um, Guys, and that, this, let's, be, let's, let's be honest. It was garbage. Dark Order was the Dark Order, and they were god-awful. Everyone was making fun of them. They were some of the biggest jokes in pro wrestling. I ate crow on that when they started to improve and get better. They're part of my favorite, one of my favorite acts. All right. I call John Silver out first. I'll put that against anybody's podcast um, of calling John Silver a star waiting to happen. But anyways, um, my, the moral of the story is this, that they were garbage a year ago when they were capped out with terrible punches to uh, Dustin Rhodes and to where they've gotten to in one year. And a big part of that is absolutely uh, uh, Brody Lee. And it's also some of them in that group, the John Silvers and company that have stepped up, have improved, that have gotten better. Dude, that's an epic uh, storyline arc of where they started, sorry, and where they are at now in one year. Yeah, and, and we'll Kudos see. to all of them in that group. Absolutely. You mentioned John Silver. We'll get to him here in a little bit. He certainly shined. Uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins, uh, Canadian $10. Matt, so much discussion about Brody and his love of his family. I'm curious, do you think that there will be a shift with other workers and how they view family moving forward? I think it's generational in a, in, in a weird way. The guys that came in wrestling before me, right, it was, I hate to even say it, it was almost like a badge of honor for them. To be like, you know, I wish I could be with my family, but I can't. I need to be out on the road. I got to go chase that money. If I don't wrestle, I don't get paid. Well, I walked away from my biggest contract offer in the history, my history, in my 13-year career when my son was born. So I would say my generation of wrestlers, not, I'm not the only one who would do that. Many guys, I think, uh, 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 I mean, I'm 44. So I'd say my generation, guys, you know, and younger most certainly would put their families first in a heartbeat. Um, you know, unless if they're like 20, I could see them trying to do both. I could see them trying to be, you know, it's hard to be an amazing parent while you're away from your family. It just is. You're not present. You have to be part of the deal is you got to be present. Well, Matt, they're on the road making a lot of money for the family. They're the big earner. This is true. And that is another form of taking care of your family. Um, you know, to each their own. I don't think like this is all of a sudden going to spur how wrestlers think about being a family man. I think it will for the younger ones. I do. I think some of the young ones in the dark order, for order, for example, that got close to Brody, that saw what was important to him, 
will rub off. Um, I know it's done, and I'm not saying it's put myself over, but I know for a fact I've done this myself. When I retired early, countless uh, younger wrestlers have uh, 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 reached out and come up with ideas. I'm, I'm not over yet. I'm not at a situation like I'm an RVD or Chris Jericho where I can have my family tour with me, Matt. What do you suggest I do? Because I do not want to leave. I don't want to be away from my newborn, you know, and things like that. So they are already thinking of it. And I would argue most of them are doing it. Guys, the Young Bucks, they're fucking amazing dads. Right. Amazing dads. So, you know, I think there's a lot of them out there, and I think it's generational in a way. And also highlights the appeal of if you if you can be lucky enough to work that'll work for AW where you only have TV once a week and, and you're not you're not on the road doing live events and doing, That's why and doing I love you know. TNA and it took me so long to finally yeah. go away from them and I was going back to WWE because that was a hard thing to pass up to drive 20 minutes to Universal Studios shit <laughs> It's also a wake up call I mean some people who just adore Brody to just be hit hard with such bad news and Part of Brody's legacy was how much he loved this family. You heard it talked about throughout the show. So maybe just in honor of Brody and uh, because of how much they love them, they're going to rethink how they treat the family and, and be more of a dad first. There were so many great quotes about being a wrestler That's dad. And I, I, I don't think that it comes to light how many great wrestler dads there are out there, but that should be kind of a subcontext to pro wrestling. Who are the great wrestler dads out there? So hopefully that becomes a cool thing to do. And hopefully more people are able to you, cherish their families like that. You touched on something. I still think we will get a union one of these days, guys. I know you're yeah. Nuts. I do think we'll get it. I also, you touched on it. You just put this thought in my head, actually, Alfred. Is that who's to say the AEWs of the world, the newer forward thinking, you know, owners and wrestling companies and wrestlers themselves, don't set it up where that is something that they take into account. Dixie Carter did that. Dixie Carter flew me and my wife to freaking Nashville, Tennessee, like three times to go to to go see a specific doctor. Because we were having trouble having children. We are told we couldn't have kids. What owner does that? Wow. I wasn't the, the, guy, the man in that company. I wasn't staying or Kurt Angle. Right? So, like, she did that for me. She did that for anybody. So there are, I think AEW would be kind of like that. And I think they, they're going to be the type of company that's going to think about that. When they're selling themselves to former WWE superstars or guys that are on the rise and about to go to WWE and say, before you do that, you might want to think about this. We noticed that you're a dad. We noticed you have two to three children. We're going to pay you bank, but guess what? You're going to have the family freedom. I just made that up. Um, of being able to, we're going to have your family come into these shows and be with you. Like you see with Matt Hardy, Rebby Hardy all the time. We're, we're going to make that a real thing. We're going to have your family come on the road with you when we do go on the road. Because this is a big family setup that we have here at AEW. This is not some three-ring circus in which you're the strong man and you come out, lift up a dumbbell, call it a day, and go back home. We're family here, and we want your family to be part of our family. That's a huge sales pitch. If I was still resting, I'd be like, ah, I'm in. I am in. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and just to wrap this portion of the conversation up before we have a few more Super Chats, you know, in terms of the selling point to, to wrestlers and, and you know, come into the business and, and what have you, you know, WWE, obviously, their, their live events, you know, ended up getting suspended because of the pandemic. Uh, and referee Mike Kyoto just talked about it recently on his podcast how – you know, WWE was already starting to move away from doing live events because they weren't making, you know, it just, it wasn't making sense other than the big European tours or the big MSG shows. Yeah. And fine. so, and so, I mean, we might be moving, uh, never mind, you know, because of some of what we've just talked about here of being appealing to, uh, to a family man and to a, a worker, we might be moving towards where, look, it is just TV and, and there's no more li- non televised events so except for the very special situations. House shows were designed to sell merch with WWE. They were designed to sell merch and yeah. 
to to when wrestling was at its hottest, which it's not, but when it was at its hottest, to run multiple shows on the road. And WWE even having two simultaneous shows going on in different cities, right? Back in the 80s. And that shit ain't happening now. So why put health risk at at risk for that matter with these with these talents? When they could be at home with their families, they could be recouping. If they're recouped, they're not going to get hurt. They're not going to get hurt. WWE, your bottom line is going to go up because you're going to have wrestlers that are not injured. That's yeah. a big deal. Uh, some super chats to get to here. Uh, Wrestling enthusiast dollar ninety nine. WWE did a tribute show for Eddie and Chris. Yes, we Thank remember. You very but much. Uh, um, going through here, uh, you know I'm forty four, right, brother? Like, I don't know what you're saying with that. Uh, disgruntled Jets fan, uh, Justin Lopez, not to jump ahead, guys, with Tony Khan, just said the the TNT title is retired. There will be a new TNT title created with new lineage. Yeah, that's that's how oh. they cap off the show at the end. We'll we'll touch more on that. Um, what? So we'll get to the end the of it. T- we'll, we'll, oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Go we'll get to the end of the, at the yeah. end of the show. He's yeah. one we'll of this. I'm sorry. I know. I'm trying to hit the hit the chats as they come in. You're good. Uh, I think we got one more. Two more. Uh, $5. Chris went. I was laughing and crying at the same time during the whole show tonight, and AEW never changed the channel. It reminded me why I love this. RIP Brody Lee. Uh, I think we could all agree to that. And Tim Mickles, nine ninety nine. Thank you, Tim. Imagine how WWE superstars feel about the company now that they see how AEW conduct themselves during this. Yeah, you know, it. it I'll leave that up for a second. I hate to say that I wasn't surprised. And what does that say about WWE? I did not expect them to do the 10 bell salute because oh, Brody no. was working for a direct company at a direct, well, you know, I just didn't. I, I, I okay. So I, regardless of which those talents will go back and watch it in the DVR. If that's, or whenever they watch uh, AEW, right. The NXT talents, but let's be clear. SmackDown and Raw wrestlers watch AEW. Don't let them fool you. They most certainly do. All right. I mean, good Lord, I was watching Chikara, uh, Chikara when I was with uh, TNA and I believe the end of my WWE run. Everybody watches everything. Matt, Matt uh, they, Dolph, Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler tweeted earlier today. He was like, <laughs> for the first time in a long time, I'm going to watch wrestling tonight. Well, they they watch it a lot more than that. They don't let these these people fully act like they're too cool for school to watch other competition shows. But listen, the moral of the story is this. They're going to see how AEW did this. I'm telling you right now. And some of those acts are going to be like, wow, that's a new company. I took a major risk tonight that lost a shitload of money doing this for a guy who's only been there for how long has Brody been with AEW? Since March. Yeah, since March. Less than a year? Yeah. And that's how they treated this man? That's how close they got to this guy and how much he ended up meaning to them in such short time? That's a family. That ain't a wrestling company. I want to be part of that. And they pay me mega money because Tony Khan's rich. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> David Call 499 helps to almost have a non-profit owner in Tony Khan family greater, greater than greed. R.I.P. Brody cried a lot. Right. All right. So let's well, well uh, said, by the way, that was very well said, by the way, who just said that. Sorry. That yeah, was that, that was, uh, yeah, David Call. So thank you, David, for the 499. Like All right. So picking back up, um, we get a Darby Allen uh, testimonial. He talks about how he, you know, he didn't know Brody for long, only since Brody had debuted. But as soon as he talked to him, he knew this is a no ego guy. No, no ego. This is not a guy who's here to take a spot. He's here to lift everyone up. And he immediately went and started telling Darby immediately went and started telling others, you know, this is a guy that I, I want to work. And of course he never really did get to work him. So um, that's that up next, our next six man tag. It's the butcher and the blade with Eddie Kingston up against evil. Uno, Stu Grayson from dark order and Lance Archer. Some things to note here. Uh, Lance Archer dressed like the old big rig. Brody Lee got the white tank top, the blue jeans, bread bandana hanging out the back. Um, yeah. That was cool. 
Eddie Kingston yeah. comes out. He cuts a quick promo. Eddie Kingston uh, cuts a quick promo saying how he loves Brody. But now that you now that Brody's not here with you guys, uh, you guys are a bunch of jokes. Obviously, just trying to get a little heat on the match. And I want to say that yes. I appreciated that too. They, yeah, they, they, this was nothing a, wrong with that. This was a tribute show, but like they still yeah. tried to like you know. And you and look, if you're smart enough, you figure it out. Okay, everybody, the Dark Order is going to win every match, but they still try to like set some stakes up for each match, which I thought. God forbid, it's still attempt to suspend a little bit of disbelief. And let me be clear to any hater that's going, oh, that was pretty stiff. No, it wasn't. I will promise you, because I know the guy, Brody Lee would have loved that. Yeah. Would have yeah, loved it. Classy way too. Good on you. Good on you. Go get it. Yeah, and it's not like they were going out of their way to cut promos on Brody Lee or anything like that. And even earlier in the night with the no. acclaim, they showed up. They said, we got something to say about all this Dark Order stuff going on. And then they got cut off and beaten up by the baby faces. I had no problem with that. I thought it was just great. No, that was good. Uh, so from my opinion, this was the most uh, – this this match and then what leads into it was the most incredible sequence of television of pro wrestling that we uh, saw tonight and then you can put it up against a lot of other things you got a lot of things here again some highlights if you missed the show lance archer gets up and he does the old school walk on the top rope all of the undertaker but then as he gets to the midpoint of the rope he then does a moonsault um onto whoever was he, he in the ring that he was doing it with which was just phenomenal i mean it was just a phenomenal piece of, uh, of athleticism uh which is great because uh, brody was known for being a big man who did things that big men could you know shouldn't have been able brody to do lee did that as brody lee's uh gimmick that was his movie he was doing uh absolutely incredible to watch um we see all kinds of great sequences here um ultimately at the end you know um ultimately you know stew looking good evil is looking good at the end, what we end up having a crazy little uh, just just back and forth. We see Eddie Kingston mocking J- Jake the Snake. Um, he hits DDT. Uh, one, two, no. Uh, in the end, we see Grayson takes out the Butcher. Dark Order hit the Vitality for the win. Dark Order and Lance Archer get the win. Actually, I, I misspoke. This match was good, but this was not the match that I'm thinking of that it was the greatest sequence. That's coming up later. I got my I got my my, my Dark Order six man tag <laughs> matches mixed up, but nonetheless, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Lance Archer, they get the victory. And then after the match, though, Eddie Kingston gets in the ring. He's surrounded by uh, Dark Order and Archer and Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake hits him with that short arm clothesline. So uh, again, another good feel good match in segment here. Yeah, I forgot. I love the short arm clothesline. I mean, Chris Jericho marked out. I mean, it was a very special moment because obviously Jake the Snake's not doing that any week. I haven't seen him do it since the 90s. And so it was really cool to see him pull out that short arm. He still looked good. And Eddie Kingston sold it. So, you know, it was a great moment. This was. That was pretty cool. It was good. It was a good match. Oh, yeah, to what you guys said, Justin. You had the nail on the head, man. We get more testimonials. Um, we, get, we get a slideshow of Brody Lee pictures of him with his family. We get Arn Anderson, um, Cole Cabana, Sharon Memories, referee Bryce Remsburg. Uh, really. Remsburg, um, sorry. Yeah. Remsburg. Um, really emotional. He, he worked with Brody, I think, back in the Chicago days. Uh, he talks about how. Um, you know, he, he they just picked right back up after had not seen each other for a lot of years. Uh, and his final quote, which is really touching, playing off of our previous conversation, he says, If there was a Mount Rushmore of wrestling dads, I think Brody should be on that face. So, uh, more family comments. No, 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 yeah, really good. Okay, uh, this is the one <laughs> that I wish I, I meant to reference here that I think the sequence of it and the finality and what happens, uh, was the best. This was the inner circle of Ortiz and Santana, along with MJF, Wardlow in his corner, up against more Dark Order, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and Adam Page. Again, just 
all kinds of great action should be noted. MJF uh, quickly going to the outside, talking some trash at Brody Lee Jr., who's, who's at ringside with some of the other wrestlers. So remember that. That's going to come back into play. Uh, so he's getting his heat. Uh, MJF also the the first talent to be out there on the program not wearing the Brody Lee RIP armband. So really playing up the heel heat that he's trying to get for what's going to be the payoff here coming up. Yep. This match, again, I, I couldn't even try to go through a move and move, and I don't really want to. But the bottom line is it's going crazy. John Silver, Matt Morgan's boy. John Silver just looking like a star. Commentary's putting him over. Innovative offense. He had tweeted earlier in the day that he wanted to be the workhorse, just like how Brody Lee's always the workhorse. Uh, I think he definitely lived up to that goal. Um, all right, let me make sure I get it here. So all kinds of shenanigans. Wardlow then Wardlow comes in from the outside. He takes out Reynolds. As he does that, you got big man Wardlow standing up. All of a sudden, we get a cameo surprise appearance from Eric Rowan or Eric Redbeard. Jericho calls him by Eric Rowan, marking out uh, that, of course, was his WWE name. Uh, he comes in. Uh, he drops Wardlow with the choke slam. They fight off to the backstage. That's a big pop. Then we have Silver and Reynolds. They hit a combo, followed up by the Lariat cover. MJF puts Ortiz's leg on the ropes. He thinks he's so smart. He then walks up to Brody Lee Jr. Again, trash-talking him some more. Rips Brody Lee Jr.'s mask off of his face, begins to spit on it, and then Brody Lee Jr. pulls out a kendo stick and whacks MJF over the head. MJF bumps. Big pop. Ortiz alone in the ring. Silver hits uh, Brody's uh, discus forearm for the win. Uh, this guys and then and after the after the match uh, Eric Rowan comes back out um with, with a sign saying how much he loves and Mrs. Brody and this was just again uh, all ends of the emotional spectrum here this was this was i mean and i hope fans are not stupid and, and rude enough to be crapping on MJF i hope that's not what's happening right i don't know cuz i'm not on twitter i, I have no idea um, hopefully they're not saying, oh, how can he do that when he wear an armband? I hope they see the greatest tribute he could have paid to him was exactly what he did tonight. And let me be very clear. As a father of a little boy that does watch pro wrestling, shit. That little boy, for that one moment in time, fuck, dude. Oh, that, That's it- just... Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, MJF was being the biggest dick heel he could, so his so the little boy could get the biggest pop. I mean, and when and when Brody Lee Jr. hit the the kendo stick on him, I mean, he was all smiles. He's sticking the tongue out. I mean, he was in it. You felt this kid felt like he was Superman. This kid who's just who's just you know lost his dad. He but in the moment he just it was Justin. It was, give others the chance to talk about it. You didn't shut up for the first fifteen minutes. Give us an opportunity for the love of God. I'm to charged get, up to to get our emotions out. Right? No offense. You're not a wrestler with a kid. I am. And I'm trying to explain that to these fans of how important that was for that little boy and how that for that little boy who just lost his friggin' father to have that opportunity just for that five seconds. I promise you that little boy will never forget that. And that will make this if there is a way, which there isn't, to make any of what's happened to him just even just just, just a, a half of a centimeter, somewhat smidgen better, that was it. And I say kudos to MJF for doing it because let me be clear. There's going to be assholes out there that are say, oh, you let a kid come out. But whoever says that, I am going to verbally gut them. If somebody says something stupid like that, oh, you give away the business to it. I dare somebody to say that under these circumstances. 
Yeah, and you did touch on it. My one of the most beautiful parts about all of this is just how much they have rallied around Brody Lee Jr. Because you just gotta wonder how difficult it's gotta be for him to lose your father at such a young age. And dating back to things we didn't even see on camera for where they had that thing with Kenny Omega where he pinned him, and they've just been doing all this great stuff for Brody Lee's family. And you know they're grieving. You know it's very sad and depressing. Right. But there were points in the show where it was encouraging to see that the kid looked like he was having a good time. They just yes. wanted him to get his mind off that for a couple of hours, and that was working. Even though he had the mask on, like you were saying, he had his tongue sticking out, and he was really enjoying himself. So that was really sweet to say because uh, one thing that I was thinking the whole time is, man, his kids has just got to be so tough on his kids. But you got to see at least Brody Lee Jr. having a good time out there. Yes, sir. Going to some uh, super chats. Yeah, one thing I did miss in that match, Silver Reynolds throwing the papers a la being the elite. Um, uh, it's oh, a little, little, little oh, homage yeah. there to that. Yeah, before the match. If you didn't, if you if you hadn't watched that ever on being the elite, you're probably very confused to why the papers are such a <laughs> weapon. So funny, it really is. Yeah. I promise. Um, so there's that one. Uh, what else do we got here? We got more super chats real quick. Uh, Jackson Callens, four ninety nine. Love you guys. Always got my support. All I can say, tough and emotional as a father. That was hard for me. May he breathe easy now. Uh, very good words, Jackson. And oop, uh, one more here. Sorry, they're coming in. We appreciate all of them coming in here. Super chats galore. Uh, nine ninety nine from Jamie. Uh, Jamie K. This was a beautiful two hours. Seeing the tears in the eyes of Brody Jr. through his mask absolutely crushed me. But seeing the joy in his face after hitting MJF gave me hope. God bless his family. So, like Matt was talking about, and uh, finally, uh, FH uh, five euro tonight made me proud to be a wrestling fan. And like Justin said, the uh, the, the the tag ending was something special. Goosebumps. Uh, rest in power, Brody. So lots of uh, all everybody can can relate. Can relate to the emotions that were going on there, so uh, a yeah, huge bro. way to end the hour number one. All right, uh, after that, we go to an Eddie Kingston testimonial, and uh, he he talked about Brody and Brody being a father and his kids, and the big quote that he left uh, and ended with is, "If you who uh, his kids, which is he's not gone. If you remember his teachings, he's never gone." So powerful words there from uh, Eddie Kingston, who had uh, feuded with Brody uh, many years earlier in his career. Yeah. All right, up next, we have some women's action. Dr. Britt Baker uh, with Penelope uh, and Penelope Ford up against Anna Jay from uh, the Dark Order and Ty Conti. Uh, this is a multi-woman's match. Uh, at one point, though, uh, Anna Jay and, uh, and, uh, and Penelope, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Anna and Penelope, they were hitting each other pretty hard. It was some, some entertaining action to watch here. At the end of it, though, ultimately, Anna Jay and Ty Conti uh, get the victory here. And then... Tony talks to Britt real quick after the match. Uh, Britt gives a little a little nod to Big Rig and the match being rigged, and she's then ran down by Thunder Rosa. Uh, that's a match coming up here in a few weeks here. So some women's action in the in the night. This was good. This is what it needed to be. Yeah, Anna Jay is very good. I mean, for she hasn't been doing it for very long, but she's going places. She's going to be a big star, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Tony, Matt, going damn, going on in just because he spoke pretty popular. To Matt's credit, I, you got to keep the show moving. I'm, 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 I'm getting all caught up in the emotions, but we all have them. It's all there. He spoke <laughs> on the. Yeah. No, Antonio, let me correct that for you. Justin was actually was stepping on yes. my pop. Yes. That's how you say it, brother. Yes. yes. That's like me making my wrestling entrance. Pyro's about to go off, and Jim said, "Fuck that, Jim. I'm throwing water on you." <laughs> <laughs> But Running up there the opposite <laughs> type of way, like because you know, we're talking about sad stuff, so like the opposite of all that, if that makes sense. I don't know. 
probably. I appreciate the super chat. Yeah, that's right. I'm taking the fire extinguisher. Just <laughs> pop into the entrance. But not pop. Yeah, but yeah, I'm talking <laughs> sad, shitty things yeah. at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Christian, this, if you had to, if you had to guess who would give the most laugh out loud testimonial about remembering Brody, no surprise that Chris Jericho would be it. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, see, I would have guessed, I would have guessed silver. I, I, I would have, even though Jericho's fucking hilarious, obviously, but, uh, he didn't disappoint, right? No, no. not at all. So, that was so, so, Jer- so I'll give I'll give I'll give the summary. Jer- Jericho's yeah. summary with Brody. He talks about how he wrestled Brody twenty seven times, and he recalls when they were over in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, obviously, we're with WWE. They were over in Saudi Arabia, and Jericho's in his hotel room, and he's bugged that he's looking. He's he's bothered, I should say. He's looking at his ceiling, and he keeps seeing something. At first, he thought it was a bug. Then he thought it was like a sticker. <laughs> he was just annoyed by this until Brody comes in the room to hang out. And he, and he and and Jericho shares in his frustration to Brody about this uh, object on the wall, and Brody just very you know Brody was a very smart guy goes it's the it's the arrows pointing towards where Mecca is and like don't you know that and Jericho goes like no and Brody's like everybody knows that and, just, and you know, Jericho <laughs> uses that to just say like how smart this guy was sarcastic yeah. but just fun to be around it was it, I I popped so hard watching this. <laughs> And and I'll be honest, Chris is in, in a line of other long a uh, long line of other wrestlers that didn't know that either. By the way, that <laughs> is how smart Brody was. He's, I mean, Brody used to work in a library. He's a well-read, smart, <laughs> yes. smart guy. Yeah, I mean, very, very. Yes. <laughs> Alfred, did you know that the arrows were pointing towards Mecca? I can't say that I did, but uh, you know, I learned something new every day. <laughs> I would have been in that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I learned something from that uh, Jericho promo, so good on him and good on Brody Lee. Yeah. All right. So yeah, if you go to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, don't mess with what's on the ceiling. It's there for <laughs> it's there for religious reasons. All right. Some super chats here. Um, Banny Jacobs, five dollars. Having never met Bruce Mitchell or read any of his work, was he being stupid, dense, or attention seeking with his article? R.I.P. Brody Lee. Yeah. I look. I, I, Bandy, I don't really want to go. I don't really want to go down this, but um, I didn't like it. Yeah, it, it, it that way. I didn't like it that way. Nobody yeah. should be telling any family how they should be remembering their loved one. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, I, uh, I I saw Bruce Mitchell deactivated his Twitter. I saw that he was let go from the PW Torch after thirty after thirty oh. years of work. Oh, he was let go. He was let go after thirty after thirty years, thirty plus years. And this is the weird, disgusting hill you decide to die on is to Did push he him. Something pr- more than that that I'm missing. Cause, cause I, I gotta be honest. I only read, I could only get through part of it, uh, and it was the part about like, you know, what his Brody's family like he thought should be, you know, trying to like use his memory for something like that. That really rubbed me the wrong way, and I had to no. stop because my blood pressure shot up. What I believe it was in chat room, you can correct me. What I believe yeah. was the is, um, and, and actually Brody's wife ended up. God, I mean, I, don't, I can't believe he made her do this. Basically, she ended up having to even basically respond to this on Instagram. Uh, oh, Bruce's piece basically was tr- basically trying to suggest that AEW and Brody's family were covering something up, and that maybe this is COVID related, or this has there has to be more to this. Right. How could it, it, wow. it, it, it was it just such an insane. Was- like you're not a doctor, and Jericho even tweeted at Bruce and said, "Look, you're not a doctor. The best doctors don't even have all the answers. Just shut up. You're causing more pain." Um, I didn't yeah, see the article. What was the, the point of this article was to try to ask what he's really suffering from? I don't know what the point of it was. And, and, and also, like, like 
the family, the part that I read that irked me and made my blood pressure jump and I stopped reading it after this was something along the lines of, he's like basically telling like the missus and the family, like what they should be using this for as in his memory to honor. If you want to honor him properly, shouldn't we be saying, talking about blah, blah, blah. And, and there was something in there about COVID. I don't want to misquote it because I don't, I just remember being friggin' furious with it and then I stopped reading it. But I just remember getting that, the biggest gist out of that for me was, who the bleep are you to tell somebody who just lost somebody how they're supposed to be remembering their lost, their loved one? Come on, man. There's no reason. What's, what do you get out of that? Yeah. It Come was... on. What do, like, honestly, what do you get out of that? Yeah. And let's leave it at that, guys. I, we, I love yeah, the Super yeah, Chats. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I pulled it up because of Super Chat, and that's kind of the policy. But I, please don't. I don't really want to talk about it. God, I'm it's, way it's... out of the loop, brother. I'm so out of the loop. I was pretty impressed with myself that I even knew to read this. Yeah, because it's... I don't, I've not read a wrestling site, I swear to God. And I'm not in wrestling anymore, so like, why would I? You know, when I wrestled, I'd read all the sheets and all the, all the sites. All the wrestlers did, don't know why. They all do. But um, I don't anymore because I don't wrestle. So, like, somebody did send me that right when I, it was written. Well, so I was here's... able to read that one. I mean, it got. I mean, it was shared all over the place for the, for the wrong reasons of how. I mean, again, to put a cap on it, he wrote it for PW Torch. He got it put up. It was not edited, and and I think we Wade Keller, who's the editor, even said like it wasn't edited or nothing because Wade was on vacation and like they it was the timeliness of it, and so they ended up pulling it. So they ended up pulling it off. PW Torch did, and then rather than just letting it go away, Bruce doubled down again, died on the hill, and then posted it to like whatever South Carolina newspaper website he works for he put it there and then put more commentary like like after brody after john huber's wife without naming him like said like why do i have to be answering to this right now again i I don't really want to but yeah it's just unbelievable that that was even that's so sad that that even was a thing for her like seriously that's sad that's even a thing god dang like that's the last thing she should be having to sweat or worry about yeah oh my god uh, so moving on, uh, more super chats. Antonio Norman, five dollars pop mm. together. That's what wrestling is all about. Love y'all, yeah, absolutely. Everybody getting some joy together. Uh, Nine ninety nine from Mike McKillop. Cry the entire show. Watch my autistic son. Watch with my autistic son who wants to be a wrestler. As a dad, I will do whatever it takes for him to achieve his dream. That's a great message there. Good on you, Mike. Uh, David Cole again. Don and I and the barbarians catching heat. We're all friends here, guys. <laughs> all you super chat instigators. Yeah. Dude, uh, Justin, Justin's one of my best friends, you guys. So that is, trust me. You, you should have we talking off off the. <laughs> don't don't pull the curtain away from the down from the yes. Uh, Nightmare Knee, five dollars. This show was hard to get through, but easy to watch. Yeah. If that makes sense, that actually does make a lot of sense. That's a great yeah. way to put it. Actually, it is. That, 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 that's, yeah, a, that's a really good way to put it, actually. That's perfect. Yeah, that's it's the summary of this. It's an oxymoronic statement, but yet yeah. it's true. It is. All right, we're coming down the stretch here, uh, so we will uh, finish it off here. So we go into – this is the main event <clears throat> match. Excuse me. Main event match. Uh, this match, Team Taz, the heels in this, and the opposite side uh, participants, they kept selling it, uh, were picked by Brody Lee Jr., uh, negative one, as they've dubbed him as his name in the Dark Order. Um, he's Brody's oldest, and this is his three. This is Brody Lee Jr.'s three favorite AEW talents, and that's Cody Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, and Ten from the Dark Order. So they put so Tony Khan and the company they put these three together to go up against Cage, Hobbs, and Starks from Team Taz. 
And uh, again, this was, you know, what it should be. Orange Cassidy gave a nice little Orange Cassidy fist bump to uh, Brody yeah. Jr. in the entrance and all kinds of feel good stuff. Good match. Good, good yes. back and forth. Uh, well, let's just get to the uh, get to the money part of this here. Um, Cody hits the crossroads, uh, launches uh, Starks to 10. 10 hits the spine buster. 10 gets the pin, uh, which I think is worth noting. So they yep. celebrate. But then after that, guys, uh, we end up getting uh, uh, Team Taz trying to surround them, trying to outnumber them. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. Hook and Taz are out there. Lights go out. Here comes Darby. Darby's in the crowd. Lights go out again. Here's the snow. Here's Sting. Sting and Darby, they hit the ring. So now they hit the ring and are standing tall with Orange Cassidy, Cody, and 10. And Team Taz backs off. Uh, we'll, we'll stop here with that. Uh, what do you guys think of that segment? And tying in some current AEW storylines. Yeah, I was just going to say that, actually, Justin. That, that was great. That was a great way to cap off the show, end the show. Um, freaking Sting appeared on it. Like, on a tribute, again, on a tribute show. to like, bro, Dude, I'm telling you, Brody's going bonkers inside. And having watched this. Going bonkers. Going because he was, a, he was a massive wrestling fan. Being in the locker room with Sting, you guys, never gets old. Ever. Ever. I don't care if you were in the same locker room with him for 10 years straight. It never gets old. So that's awesome. I think that's awesome that, that, that they were able to parlay that into a storyline to get that another step further between, uh, um, come on, um, Sting and uh, Darby, Allen. Darby. That's cool. I thought that was cool. And, uh, again, they did it all within this context of having this be an entire tribute show. And a lesson to all these wrestling companies, I'll say it again, you can write a show on the fly. Just about. Because they threw this together very quickly. And it was an amazing show. This was a good show. Yeah, and this is also a good night to be Preston Vance. At 10, I thought he showed well. Uh, I think he has got a good look. Oh, and I he was in this I match for such a great reason because a child was asked for your favorite wrestlers and you know Cody and Orange Cassidy you figure Preston Vance uh, with all due respect to him I think he's going to do great things in this business he's one of the names that you wouldn't figure would be in that role but he was and right that's not lost on AEW officials that a young child uh, says that Preston Vance is one of his favorite wrestlers they're going to look into that and see hey yes. maybe we can build a young viewership with this guy maybe there's something about the guy in the mask with all the muscles that the kids like and there is it's not a coincidence and so I really liked this match. I thought it was really good. I thought I liked that Preston Vance. They really put them over. Uh, they really kind of did screw with Darby because, I mean, week after week, you get some of the biggest pops. But when they turn the lights off, you're thinking it's Sting. And then it was Darby's music. So it seemed kind of like a disappointment. And then Sting right. came out. I thought that was yeah. kind of awkward how they did that. But uh, everything about that was great. So, so, so real quick, dude, 10, if you remember when he first came in, he, like, physically, like, he... He's always been very impressive looking physically. Yeah. He's pretty he's jacked. He's strong. His moves are impactful. Uh, his big man move set is good. Uh, his spine buster tonight was nasty. Um, he's good. So hopefully this is something that, you know, comes of it. You know, that's a good point what you just made on the younger demographic. You know, maybe he's not by himself. I do know, you know, they, they said what Brody Lee took him under his wing, you know, especially maybe more than some of the others of the Dark Order because he's a big man. Big men always do that with other big men when they're not insecure. WWE, when I was there, guys, it wasn't so much the same thing. But real big men that, that, that are not insecure, when they see another big guy on the roster, you want to help them. That's what you're supposed to be doing because you want to build that big guy up to one day go draw money with. And from what it sounds like, Brody was already doing that with, with 10 yeah. and trying to groom him and get him better and get him ready because he does have potential, you guys. I mean, let's see what he looks like. Do we know what he looks like without a hood or no? There are pictures of you Google Preston Vance. Is he a good-looking dude, or yeah, he's, there... yeah. I mean, he he he. You, you can 
pass him Can off you, as the high school quarterback that's, you know, good looking. With, without wearing him. Okay. So this we might be what get, got him over with uh, Brady Lee's son. Man, is that, that could like be. Superhero. That. It looks like a cartoon comic book character. But like yeah. one of the Joker henchmen, though. Like yeah, one of the Joker yeah. jacked exactly. up henchmen from the comic books. Yeah. Exactly. That's perfect. Right. A, a henchman who has a. It doesn't even have a name. He's just not a number, but yet got, gets over. Um, I wanted to share this real quick because I thought this was fun because, again, people talking about you know the connections to uh, Brody Lee and to the show. So uh, a, a guy who I know who's now a retired pro wrestler, uh, he's actually a mutual friend. He's one of the ones who introduced me to Brody years ago. His name is uh, Bobby Shields. You can follow him on Twitter at RealBobShields. He had a fun tweet that I never knew this. He goes, so there's actually a connection to Sting and to Brody. He goes, Brody once prank called Sting and left him a voicemail. It was maybe around the time when TNA maybe had their first on-the-road pay-per-view, which I think was in Detroit. We were watching the pay-per-view, and he decided to call him. So I just laughed at that because I was trying to imagine in my mind Brody Lee prank calling and leaving a voicemail to Sting, uh, as, as, Bobby, uh, as Bobby Shields tells that story there. Uh, so we see this. We see the baby faces standing up. They go to a uh, break. We come back. Cody Rhodes and uh, fighting off tears. You could tell emotional. Uh, they play a tribute video. Or excuse me, actually before the tribute video, Brody, Cody Rhodes introduces uh, Brody's family. Out comes his wife uh, and their oldest son, uh, Brody Lee Jr., along with um, Tony Khan and uh, Ten. And Tony Khan makes the announcement that's you know no offense, Cody, but Brody Lee was the greatest TNT champion we've had, and gives that TNT title. Uh, to Brody Lee Jr. Uh, of course, Brody Lee Jr. also put um, his father's boots at the center of the ring. Uh, very symbolic, oh, obviously, of hanging the boots up. Yeah. That killed me. Killed so, uh, and as as a super chat said earlier, so it does seem official that TNT title, as we have known it for the past what six eight months, they yeah. are retiring that title. That is just going to be go forever now to Brody and his family, and they so, will, you know, have a new so, have a new title. What will they call it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't know what's is it going to be another TNT title, or is it the idea of the TNT? TNT? No, why not just retire the, the like? I, why not retire the belt and give it yeah. to the family, right? But then you know, create another actual physical TNT title because that was a good idea they were having with that. I always thought. That's what I thought that you meant when you said I thought they were just retiring the belt. If, like, if the super, not, I'll try to I'll try to find. I'm sure it's on Twitter. I'll try to find Tony Khan's yeah. comments or if super or if super chat if super chats can uh, or not super chats Help anybody out, can. Yeah. Um, um, but nonetheless, they, they do that, and then they go to a video package. Uh, a video package, which again, talk about AEW doing it the right way. They had a mix of video, of course, of AEW footage with Brody Lee. They had, obviously, personal, photo, uh, personal photos that Brody and, and, and his wife owned, whether it be them personally or pictures of Brody with many WWE talents that the WWE does not own those photos. And I thought it was very touching that – those are people that are important to his life, and they showed them. Never, who cares if they work for another company? Drop that shit for this moment. I thought it was a great package. Even more reason, dude. This company's foundation is just mind blowing to me. Like, because that's what this is. This is their foundation. They're what one and two years? How long they've been on TV? A year and change? Uh, Fourteen months? Fifteen months? Come yeah. on, yeah, dude. WWE does some cool tributes. They do a good job with it when when it when they sometimes do do it right. Not on this level, you guys. And this is a 14-month company. Dude, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed by Tony Khan and everybody that works backstage in that company. 
what I love watching the shows, there's no ugly politics, which is at the center of why WWE's right? not doing that. Because obviously WWE could throw something together if they had six hours notice and they wanted to do something like that. But the politics is something that kind of they get tripped up on. But here you saw pictures of WWE wrestlers with Brody. You saw Eric Rowan show up. There was no politics at all. That's a WWE guy. We don't want him on this show. It was nothing like that. It's, let's just get anybody who cared about Brody, tell his story, honor him. You can talk about your time in WWE together. This is just we were going to honor Brody Lee first and foremost. And that needs to be kind of more the mindset of professional wrestling, especially on the national level where there's less politics and, you know, more family friendly love when it comes to somebody passing away. So the uh, bulk of uh, chats coming in, there is actually one super chat is people are saying they're so it is like you're saying, they're going to redesign the title, but it, it it should still be the TNT title, but they're going to do a new, a new design, a new belt. And when he says lineage, he means a new champion. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm reading a lot of different ones going and saying Tony Schiavone revealed in his post. Oh, there you go. Tony Schiavone revealed in his post show that a new belt will be made. Okay. Um, yeah, retiring the belt design, still be the TNT title, but okay. So yeah, so there will be a TNT title by good. name, but yes, it'll be a different look, different. Thanks, chat room. You guys are smarter than us. Sounds good. Um, hang on, we got a few more super chats, and we'll quickly jump over to NXT. We'll do final thoughts on AEW, and then we'll do NXT. Um, Marcus Thomas, I know some people hate, dislike AEW, but I love AEW because it's leadership in place. Tony, Bucks, Cody, and Kenny, rest in peace, rest in power. Brody Lee, very nice. Terrence. Uh, so where does a dark... Business. I like what people are saying that. I never heard that I before. do too. So where does Dark Order go from here? I saw Brody versus Hangman scenario, but this is... Oh, so I saw a... Okay, yeah, before his passing, I saw oh, Brody brother. versus Hangman. Are you kidding me? Like, there's so many breakouts from that group. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? John? Dude, obviously John Silver, but also... Uh, Al, Al, uh, Alex Reynolds, um, 10 potentially now, right? Yeah. Um, and what about uh, Evil Uno? Evil Uno got himself in shape. He's lost a ton of weight. You're supposed to reward that, by the way. When the talent does that and they're busting their ass because they're being made fun of how they look or they themselves are, just want to look better and they put all that time in the weight room like that, Usually you get rewarded for that, and I hope he does get rewarded because I love his promos. I hated him at first. You guys remember this. Go back to the earliest shows. I buried the dork order. You guys know what I'm talking about. I did, but I ate crow on it because they've improved. They got good, and they're one of the best acts now, and a lot of that has to do with being them on BTE, if I'm being honest. They won me over. They started winning me over on that show, and then I started to see them spread it into their actual TV show. They still need to do more of that because, dude, they're funny as hell. I think they're entertaining as hell, but I think there's three to four breakouts from that. Oh, P.S. Um, uh, uh, this old guy, maybe you heard of him, Cole Cabana, is also in the organization. Like, there's tons that I think yeah. you could do something with. Cole Cabana did the Dark Order talk for the first time, uh, and so he's all yes. the way in. And the sky yes. is the limit for Dark Order. They are literally in the exact opposite position as they were last year. Because last That's year, insane. I didn't see how they could have salvaged it. No. This year, this is AEW's project to screw up like they're the hottest act in wrestling right now they were already on the way to becoming like a really hot act they're doing great things like because they were bte and whatnot but now unfortunately with this tragedy they have been thrust into the spotlight but they have so much talent that i can't see how aew could screw this up now this is aew uh it's on them to make sure that these guys yeah. become big stars and that the dark order become front and center because people want to see it now more than ever yeah i i think they've got plenty of talent in there to do it uh, Bandy Jacobs, five dollars collar and elbow, selling a Brody T-shirt, and with all the proceeds going to the Hoover family. Yes, same thing with AEW in their shirt tonight. All the proceeds. Thanks, going. Al Snow. Good guy. Um, should also be noted too. Um, 
uh, CM Punk and McFoley have said that all <laughs> their pro wrestling tees proceeds for I think the month of January is going to go to uh, Brody's family. So again, wrestling family, the community really coming out. Uh, and disgruntled Jets fan, uh, whatever plans they have for the tag titles, I think they should change them and put them on the dark order in the coming year. Yeah, I mean, your young bucks, your champions now uh, that we certainly talked about. This, so there's talents mm-hmm. to consider. We'll have to see if it makes sense. But as Alfred said, the dark order is now AEW's project to screw up the, 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 the and, plant. And I'd like to see the acclaim still get, get and they have some really yeah, young, sure. they, let's be honest. They have some very amazing tag teams and that's the most stacked tag team division. The acclaimed, I still think it was too early for them to have to lose just yet. They were just, you know, starting to take off. They're still going to be big stars in my opinion. They're a great act. And then also um, what's the brother, what's the two brothers, the two like 20 year old brothers that are freaking awesome. Top, Top flight. flight. Dude, Top flight. they're freaking nasty as hell. They're awesome yeah. to watch. They're exciting. It's like one of my favorite tag teams. I can't remember their name, but uh, <laughs> I'm old. Leave me alone. 21 concussions, folks. Leave me alone. <laughs> but seriously, it's it's it, they're stacked. They're loaded with just tag teams. So, like, it's not a diss on Dark Order if they don't get the tag titles, obviously, right away, brother. But, like, there are some really good tag teams in this division. We want to see the resurgence of tag team. It's happening. And AEW, I'll argue. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, uh, any final thoughts on AEW, Brody Lee, or, or anything connected to it? I feel like we beat this. We, 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 we definitely uh, beat this horse, so, uh, you know, as much as humanly possible um, with the ups and downs and the emotional roller coaster that, the, that was this show. This was awesome. My opinion, that's just awesome. Part of why it's such a good idea to do a tribute show because this also gives us an avenue to release our thoughts and feelings and how great Brody Lee was. So it's very cathartic to me. I like that. Absolutely. Um, so that was that. So a show that uh, I could say this, I will not be deleting this episode off my DVR anytime soon. So um, that's cool. Good point. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in power. Brody Lee. Um all right, and with that, uh, we'll we'll. It's, it's, it's an awkward segue. Obviously, there was other wrestling going on, as there is on Wednesday night over on USA. It was NXT. They're of course doing their go home show to their New Year's Evil special. Uh, Alfred is going to be stacked, by the way. Yes, it is. It Alfred, is. Yeah, Alfred. So let's just get through this um, show quickly. It's the actually a pretty good show. Uh, Bronson Reed beat Swerve Scott at the beginning. It wasn't a squash match. Uh, they kind of gave Swerve Scott a lot. I was kind of surprised to see Swerve in this situation because he's just turning heel. But Bronson Reed won. He looked good. <clears throat> I didn't like him losing, just for the record. I did not. Justin? Yeah, that, I agree. It was, it, was, it, was an, it was an awkward decision to have at this point in time. So it just turned. Uh, they're, they're giving out awards all night. First award, breakout star of the year, goes to Shanti Blackheart. She accepts from a fire pit, um, does her howl. That uh, was interesting. Then Breezango faced the Grizzled Young Bets. Good Ooh. back and forth tag team match. They're working over Fandango's leg. Gibson started bleeding from the mouth, really hard hitting stuff. Uh, they eventually get rid of Fandango. They do the ticket to Mayhem on Breeze for the win. And now they're really talking up the Dusty Rhodes Classic. So this will be one of the teams entered in, and they're going to be one of the favorites. We're talking about tag team wrestling resurgence. Um, dude, I love Grizzled Young Bets. I hate their name. I, I just have to be honest. <laughs> I don't like it, but they themselves are freaking fun as hell to watch, and they're different. They're very different with their offense, uh, even with their tandem offense when they do do it. I, I, I like them a lot. Yeah, I caught bits and pieces of this match. I didn't see it in full. It's definitely on my uh, to-do list to go back <laughs> and do in the coming days. But, yeah, I mean, there was some yeah. hard-hitting physicality. Oh, yeah. yeah, with the Dusty Rhodes Classic coming back, and then we'll get to it. There's some other tag teams that are emerging in NXT. Uh, this might be one of the more intriguing Dusty Rhodes Classic 
uh, tournament brackets they've ever had. I wrote those exact words in my notes, Justin. Better than last year's. <laughs> last year, remember what they were doing? Chatroom got mad at me because they were trying to jam two singles acts and a tag yep. team down our throat, and I called it out, and Chatroom was, like, mad at me for it. <laughs> <laughs> so then to Justin's point, we go to the tag team of the year, the Undisputed Era. Uh, they accept the awards backstage, but they're standing kind of – there's Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have one award. Uh, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong are on the other side. And so they're kind of teasing that Adam Cole and Roderick Strong are going to enter the Dusty Rhodes Classic. And it's kind of a friendly game of one up from the ship. They're still together, but there's a little bit, uh, uh, I don't know if it's dissension, but it's competitive friendliness, I guess you can call it. I, I missed this. Who technically was the tag team of the year? Well, they said Undisputed Era, and they both had the bells. They, they didn't split it between any two people. I think it was technically Fish and O'Reilly, uh, because that's the tag team within that's, the era. But yeah. Undisputed Era won the award, and they all celebrated as if they all both had it. But that's not fair to give it to four people. You can't do that. Yeah, they essentially all celebrated with the award. It's the yeah. free bird rule, plus one. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, really. Like an ostrich. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go to Zia Lee and Boa, which there's no word spoken here, folks. Uh, they're about to make their big debut. So they're doing shadow boxing. They're swinging around the sword. Uh, they, the mysterious samurai blows smoke into their faces. So they're coming into NXT next week, and they show the characters. I wouldn't feel right doing the Zia Lee impressions on a night like this anyway. What about the part when, there's, when he was swinging around his sword? Uh, no, it was Xylee uh, swinging around the sword. Zylee. Yeah, she had a sword so issue. I, 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 I missed this, I'll be honest. I missed this part. But for what it's worth, where are they going with it? I, because eventually, there's the old adage, then the bell rings is what I always used to be told. That can have all the sizzle. Like People can have all the sizzle in the world. They can have all the greatest pre-tapes in the world. They can have all the great dressing in the world. But once that bell rings, then what? So yeah. I'm very interested to see how they turn this into an actual, like, what's it going to look like in a wrestling context, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get what Matt's saying here, but I have been intrigued. As the weeks have gone on, and I've seen more of these, I've been intrigued. And then, Alfred, if you saw the same thing I did, so there's Zia Lee, and then there's B- Boa. Then there's, like, the older man. The, the, <laughs> right. But <laughs> then, but what they teased tonight was Zia and Boa following a masked hooded or not a mask but a hooded individual into the light yeah. and that's when they said next week so like there's like a, a, a there's a there's a leader right yeah then that's what i'm going to be interested to see because this seems like it's there to build up this mysterious person it could be karen q uh it, people think it might be miko set tomorrow whatnot uh me and oh. roger it should be uh, naomi or something it should be somebody to just throw us off but everybody thinks it's going to be some mysterious uh asian wrestler but she's been in these promos with her mask and that's the person that they've been really building up so i think zaya and Bo are going to be the henchmen and then she's going to be the main act who you know wrestles all the matches who she being who uh there's this mystery i don't even it's not may not even be fair to call it a she there's a samurai figure who's either in a mask or in a hood and they've been appearing uh usually they're just sitting off in the corner and not too much attention paid to them but by the end of these segments usually you'll see the face of this person and then they'll kind of head off. So this person's probably going to make some big debut, and Zaya and Bo are going to be the henchmen. Okay. So no chance is Matt Bloom uh, reinstating Lord Tensai. Yeah. <laughs> it might be. You know what? That's what I hope it is. 
<laughs> Tensai was done wrong. Uh, it was done wrong. Tensai was done dirty. He was. Seriously. I thought it was cool when it was being reintroduced. Because, dude, he, I was in Japan when he was there. I was working for New Japan when he was with All Japan. That dude was on the front page of everything out there. He was killing it in Japan. Yeah. Right? You get him to come back from Japan. He's got a look. You got the, I mean, I, I mean, and then they just fed him to John Cena and let him get eaten uh, up. They gave him a mist and everything. I, yeah. 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 So we get Mercedes Martinez. She's back in a squash match against uh, Valentina Ferro. Uh, she put everybody on notice. Really like this. She looked great. We get into the woman competitor of the year. It's Io Shirai. Uh, she cut a promo pre-tape saying thank you. Uh, and then we go right to the male competitor of the year, which is Adam Cole. And Adam uh, took his time to put over Kyle O'Reilly. Says that uh, he'll be even happier when Kyle O'Reilly wins next week. So let me ask a question. If, if, if uh, what's his name? Uh, if Keith Lee doesn't get called up. And if uh, um, Keith Lee, if Keith Lee doesn't get called up, oh, if he didn't, okay, yeah, yeah. Do you think Keith Lee wins this, or do you think Homeboy uh, uh, still wins? Good it? question. I think he, I think he does. If he's still on NXT, especially because he's the first ever double champion, and he beat Adam Cole to win him. I mean, absolutely. And also, yeah. why do they call it female? Did they call it male competitor of the year too? Or did they say they male did? Wrestling? We'll get into that because they have a female competitor of the year. They have a male competitor of the year. Then they have an overall. So then that's the best person between the two of them. Why? Which I like that. But why competitor? Why? Why not wrestler? I don't know. NXT, actually, it's kind of refreshing to me to see that they don't use a WWE terminology. But I too would prefer wrestler. But I'm just glad they didn't say superstar. They're not obsessive yes. terms you know i think okay. competitor sounds so much better if you're watching wrestling than to call everybody a superstar i agree with that i hate the term yeah. superstar i do and by the way i know it wasn't much to talk about as we, we went over but seeing mercedes martinez other all i could think is i saw her doing her big entrance and following the camera i was like thank god she got out of retribution yes. Dude, are you kidding me this is the steal <laughs> this the heist of the century the nxt she, lottery like seriously, when you talk about dodging a bullet, like this may go she's so damn talented and she's been in the business forever. So for her to get this I mean, I hope they do something with it. And I hope it has nothing to do with retribution again when she does eventually get brought back up to Rock SmackDown. We go into Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunn. This is a really good match. Uh, they're really talking up how Roderick Strong hasn't wrestled a match in the singles competition for six months. I didn't notice that, but uh, they're no. really talking up the cardio and how he needs yeah, to yeah, yeah. Kind of stay in it. So they're having kind of a chess match, a lot of submission stuff. Uh, the finish goes when uh, uh, Pete Dunn has Kyle No, no, Kyle O'Reilly. I'm sorry. Uh, Roderick Strong has Pete Dunn down for a submission, and then uh, Dunn snaps his fingers and hits the bitter end for the win. And then Pete Dunn calls out Finn Balor. Uh, he uh, wants to uh, face Finn Balor. We go to the match of the year, and that is Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly, which, you know, listen, that was a great match. Maybe it deserved match of the year, but I, I don't know if there's some balance stuff because it's such a perfect match to win match of the year the week before they run it back. Uh, so they did that, and this is where they have the segment with Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. I really like this. It was backstage with Finn Balor about to go out. I couldn't really hear what, Kyle, what uh, Pete Dunn was saying because music was playing, but he's basically calling out Finn Balor because Finn Balor tells him to stand in line. And Finn, and we do like three segments. So it goes from Pete Dunn to Finn Balor. Finn Balor goes to the ring and he cuts his promo with Kyle O'Reilly, which they do a great job building up this match going back and forth. Finn says he doesn't really care as much about winning this. And Kyle O'Reilly calls it a participation award in terms of the NXT match of the year. So they're kind of throwing away their match of the year award because they want the NXT championship. Uh, and then um, 
from there, Karrion Cross comes in and interrupts, and that's when uh, Scarlet uh, Bordeaux says, your fate has already been sealed. Uh, Karrion Cross says, Doomsday is here, TikTok. And from there, Damian Priest shows up right behind Karrion Cross. He says, this is how you step like a man. And then they start brawling all over the place. They both go through a table off the stage, and Scarlet Bordeaux is like climaxing. She's just in the heat. So excited to see <laughs> these guys. Go through a table, and that's how we go uh, to the commercial. What do you think about this, Matt? <laughs> I like your analogy of it. Uh, um, this was good. I still don't like Karrion Cross being put in situations to look inferior yet. I know Priest is the truth. I know he is. I know he's a future main event on Raw and SmackDown waiting to happen. He is. But still, so is he. And, and, and I think he has a cooler act. I still think he needs to be protected. I don't want to see him doing things that every other average wrestler on the show can do. I know it sounds stupid, but like, oh, Matt, come on, well, you can't go through a table? No, I think it's way too early. I don't want to see him go through tables yet. Not at all. He's a monster. Treat him that way. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I get what Matt's saying. I slightly disagree here. So because... you don't have Priest wrestle him if, if you say, well, what do you do, Matt? You don't let Priest and him work each other. And that's and that's where it comes to, right? Is they they've chose to have Priest be the guy that he is is coming back from this injury to work. It's like you don't want to, you know, Priest is not going to win the match, but you at least got to like give Priest some upstanding reason of why he's even credible to be in it. So, what's, what's the good uh, out of it? Like, yeah, it, it, they've kind of be a future main eventer, right? What's he going to get out of this by losing to him? Nothing. Why do this? Yeah, they they kind of put themselves in a corner with this. I'm glad to see Cross back. Uh, yeah, I, Alfred, I loved your analogy. I thought I thought similar things too when they went to the, the table, and then Scarlett is just there. I mean, look, and you just can't help but thinking. I mean, she just has this orgasmic look on her face, yes, and you're just like, what is happening here? Um, it, a, a lot of business being sold for what the upcoming uh, mm-hmm. event they have. Um, but but you know, to Matt's point, it's why did you choose Priest to be the person? Again, I don't see Priest winning, so I'm very interested to see how they choose to have Priest lose when that happens. Yeah, very interesting choice. But, you know, you could look at a segment like that and think it's Crash TV, but I really did like how they intertwine all three of these angles to make, A, look like that a lot of people want the NXT Championship, and B, kind of sell two uh, big-time matches in the same segment. I thought that was really cool how they did that. Uh, we get a Rhea Ripley promo, which this is to me was the best thing on the show. This this one promo made me want to watch this match. I had no idea that Rip, Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez were like friends in real life. They're best friends. We see pictures of them together. We see videos of them together. They have a matching tattoo on their pinkies that say R and R. That's how close they are. This is a legit best friendship. Uh, Rhea Ripley is saying how when she came here, she had nobody. So Raquel's always been like the sisters that she never had. They're trying to make Raquel look kind of sinister because they're showing these pictures of them. But they'll take a picture of Raquel behind Rhea in a tour bus and they'll zoom in on Raquel, make her look like she's plotting something. And then at the end, they showed R&R, Rhea and Raquel. uh, And then they changed the N to look like a V. So it's RVR. And then I put in my notes in all cap, let's effing go. Because now I can't wait for this match. It sucks what they did with Rhea Ripley. That's the only downside is that she's lost so much that it's kind of ruining the storytelling. And they never, ever mentioned the fact that they're real friends in real life, I don't think, on TV. But this angle was, I thought this was a really good way to just kind of go home with this uh, matchup. It was. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, a great usage, as you said, offered of all the the real footage they have uh, is the people behind the characters. And uh, I always think, and I've said in different phrases, when, when, when you can pull from any kind of real life stuff, if you have actual real life video and pictures, or if the internet knows there's real life connection, 
the, the people just connect with that because because we all have so much access to information that connects, and that even goes back to pre heavy internet. That goes back to Sean and Brett worked great because it got it eventually just seeped out that there was real animosity there. Um, you know, I don't like to use a reference, but Crispin Wong, Kevin Sullivan had a very successful run in WCW because there was real history. Matt Hardy, Edge. Whenever we know that there's a real uh, relationship uh, and potential conflict, it plays off. So for them to dig into the archives of their friendship and, like you said, offers great. They they're trying to like show Raquel's been plotting this for all these years prior <laughs> by just using the tricks of editing and, and zooming into things. Uh, you're right. This this is this is up there for some of the best piece of uh, television NXT produced tonight. Yeah, I I mean, if there is an award for video package of the year, this is it. I mean, I recommend everybody just go and watch this. This is really well done. Uh, then we go into a, another interesting segment. Santos Escobar is in the ring, and he's being a heel. He's saying, I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to dominate. Uh, and then uh, he's interrupted by none other than the Lucha House Party, Lince Dorado and Grand Mentalika. So we get a tag team match, Lucha House Party versus Wilder Mendoza, uh, Legado del Fantasma. And, I mean, Lucha House Party looks Incredible. This is essentially a squash match. Uh, Grand Mental League hit a running Hurricane Rod on the outside. They won their match. And so next week uh, at New Year's Evil, we're going to get Grand Mental League versus Central Festival, which I think is going to be an incredible match. Well, Rudy 2 2, Grand Metal League was on NXT. Chat room, you can already predict what my opinion of this is. <laughs> Just go back to last week's, what was it, SmackDown or Raw? I can't even tell you what show he's on because I don't want to watch him when he's on. Uh, what? And, it's, and it's the same wow. dude i'm sorry you cannot expect me to start taking them seriously when they got introduced to me for a year straight as nothing but jobbers I, I'm sorry. that's fair that's absolutely fair and it, this well, might be too little too late but yeah that's absolutely a, a good I, week can I, can, can I counter my own argument real quick well matt you said the same thing about dark order why do you like them now <laughs> because they've given me something what has grand metal league done in promos or character development to win me over and say, well, I'm an idiot. I should be loving this guy because he's got cool moves in the ring. Get in line. Um, yeah. His character's done nothing new. Zero. Dark Order, where do you want me to start on their character development? They're frigging uh, uh, six onion ring, whatever the hell you want, six onion layers of onions. All of them. All of them have character development. Even down to freaking 10 now. Like, it's insane of how well they've done that. So, I just I know everyone else likes Grand Metal League. Trust me, you you're not you two are not alone. Uh, Glenn loves them. Um, Raj is kind of like in between, but I, I'm not a fan. That's all. So sorry. I can't argue. I can't. I can't fast forward. I can't argue with the. There's not been like a ton of character progression other than they gave a quick little promo what? backstage to Grand and Lindsay Dorado this past Monday before Grand Metal League beat the Miz. Yeah. I, I I I get that. It's a it's it's good cool what, moves. You're right. Tell get me in line. what what am I missing though? What is well it that no I'm missing? here here here's what I'm alone. Most fans here's like what I like. Here's what I like about them. What I like and I've liked about them when they were on SmackDown Brawl is I like the fact that there's this influx on the roster of all these cruiserweights to 205 Live. Most of them go to 205 Live. I do feel like Grand Metal League and Lindsay Dorado because they are one of very few masked wrestlers that they put on Raw SmackDown. They do stand out. I do think they have some of the best in ring stuff. So they it's they stand out to me in that regard. I like the fact Brother, that they, gotta win. they were coming out wearing sombreros, having pinatas. True. And you know what? But but you know what? Maybe them moving to NXT is a great thing for them. And as I said earlier, I teased this comment. The Dusty Rhodes Classic coming up. I'm all in if Grand Metal League and Lindsay Dorado want to be part of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. I think it's that much more oh, depth yes. to this tournament. Oh, that would add depth. There's no question. They better not win it though. 
Yeah, and it's not that I'm a fan necessarily maybe of Grand Mental League because, again, they did not train our brains to rally around a guy like this, but I yeah. do know that he's a talented wrestler. I just want to see this guy wrestle, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't shoot some goofy angle. They just had them go out there and wrestle, and I thought it was incredible how they looked. But, you know, yeah, if they don't have a character behind them. They don't give you a reason to care. Uh, it's definitely understandable why he wouldn't so, be a fan, but just so as a wrestler, he's good. I'm going to tell everybody the truth in here, and, and, and you guys probably got to tell when, it, when it's time. For me to cover anything with Grand Metal League or Lucha House Party in it, I generally I, I don't watch it. Um, not because like I'm going on strike or anything, but I'm bored by it. Like, um, and so the last remnants in my head are, are, are when WWE really tried to push them as this comedy act coming out and doing all these stupid house parties, whatever you want to call it, crap, with playing the stupid stereotype that freaking infuriates me. And it's lazy booking. And I'm like, why am I going to buy into that? I don't want to tell WWE and help and add to their ratings and go, like, this is good. Yeah, keep doing this. Please keep missing my band. Can you please do more stereotypical characters that completely bury an entire grade? No. No. I'm not giving them my rating. I'm turning it off. And I swear to you. Yeah, I know you think I'm nuts. I, so I haven't watched it since back then. So, like, that's all what's in my head. So my question is, how do you all erase all that crap? out of your head with the stupid stuff they had them doing and now you're taking them serious all of a sudden now that's an, actually an incredible question man and the thing is i would argue that i'm rewarding nxt by maybe investing in grand mental league when he's being used like this i'm putting him over yeah. right now if we were reviewing raw and he showed up to a ring and pinata you're right i would say it's one of the dumbest things ever let's just move past this is ridiculous but now it's like, look at them in NXT where they're presented as wrestlers, where they're not carrying around pinatas. This is the type of booking I'm rewarding for NXT rewarding. and how they're being pre presented in NXT rather than WWE on the main roster. That's a good yeah. point. That, yeah. that, that, that's well said. Okay. Yeah, Vince McMahon has them on Raw or SmackDown, and they're the Mexicals. Triple H has them on NXT. Yes. Triple yes. H has them Triple H has them on NXT, and they're uh, they're they're the opening star-studded match of Nitro '96. They're, they're, they're the best of the best of the cruiserweights. Yeah. And, and listen, Lince Dorado's from here. He's from my hometown. He's from here in Central Florida, in Orlando. Dude, he's worked these indies. He had fans before. Like I'm dead serious. Fans would come to the shows to watch him because he was so short. But he was like Ray, he was supposed to be like their next Ray. I'm dead serious, and he was really thought of that highly. So like. To see what they did with him, I was like, "What the yeah, girl?" Yeah, I've been watching a lot of those WWE Day of specials, and Lindsay Dorado. When they talk to him, he's got one hell of a personality. He can't right. cut a promo if they would let him. He's one of those guys who you have no idea what kind of personality he has because they don't let him go out there and shine. But he's got—I yes. think he's got the tools. He, and, yeah, and, and other talents love him. So we get future star of the year, which is Austin Theory. Uh, they go backstage for Austin to accept it, and uh, Candice LeRae is saying, share your word with Indy Austin, which is so funny, like the mom. And then uh, he says that he wants Johnny Gargano to break the curse, and Gargano freaks out because that's a C word. You can't say the C word. He takes the protein shake, the Gargano whey protein, and he throws it accidentally against a mirror, shatters the mirror, so more bad luck, heading <laughs> into Johnny Gargano's main event against Leon Ruff. I really like this. Because, you know, God, are they going to screw this guy over again and have him lose Leon Ruff one more time? Dude, this is hilarious. Again, I ate my words on Johnny Gargano, too, being a heel. I thought he could never pull it off because he's the epitome of babyface. Oh, my God, right? But he's killing it. He is killing it. And he's comfortable as hell being in this character. But really quick, um, do you really think Austin Theory should have won that award? I'm being a complete mark by treating these awards seriously, by the way. I will admit that. 
<laughs> but like, Matt, don't we Matt's, think- Matt's mad he wasn't on the voting committee. <laughs> no, like, like seriously, like shouldn't like like um, come on, the guy was just our last champion before he got hurt, and now he's back. Come on, um, Cross. Yes, Karen Cross. Why wouldn't it be him? I mean, that would have been well. Future star, though. I mean, okay, the people he was up against. Just to give you an idea, it was Jake Atlas, Leon Ruff, Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter, Indy Harwell, Zaylee, A Kid. You know, they're not necessarily people I who would all know. Cross already won a world title. Yeah, <laughs> right so he's, he's already a star. Star. He's a star. Okay, yeah. I would have given it to one of those females you just named because, like, the two or three of them, I'm like, I would have taken them over Austin Terry in a heartbeat. So we uh, go to the uh, the overall uh, winner of the year. So the overall competitor of the year. So this is men or women, and Io Shirai wins it. So she's won both. Uh, then we consistency. Did- That's fair. Yeah, she was consistent the whole year. Exactly, exactly. She would be a good choice for that. Yeah. Uh, Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, they kind of do a couple of spots where they tease Leon Ruff possibly upsetting Johnny Gargano. They didn't have any entrances for either guy, um, which actually made it look like a really kind of big title fight that just went right into the introductions. Yes. Uh, Ruff was on top of Johnny Gargano doing kind of like the ten count punches, but then his face hits a turnbuckle. We get one final beat. And then Johnny Gargano wins the match. So he finally broke the curse, defending his NXT title successfully. Then we get uh, Dexter Loomis. He's drawn a bunch of pictures of all the little matches that we're going to see next week at New Year's Evil. And uh, that's your show. All right. So really quick, Justin, I I don't think we talked about this. Or maybe we did. I think that's – yeah, we did because you did the show every every Wednesday. It was the fact I think it's stupid that he's going to be drawing – as the booker of the show next week. That's so corny. But 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 really quick, um Johnny Gargano is wanna cap off the match. Thank God he won because he's doing such great work right now. I would not the title works great with what this family gimmick they're doing together. Um this is good I really like it a lot actually. And it's made me like Austin Theory, who I have not liked at all. Uh yeah, look uh Gargano's hitting out the park. Um as a and heel, so is Candice. Yeah, and I mean, and and it's it's it's, she it's, she would. it's crazy to me because again, I you know, I, I I always ever knew Johnny Gargano. He was always the like the Shawn always. Michaels baby face on the Indies always. in terms of how he worked, and so to see this, it's working. I like it, Candice. It's working. Um, it's I, getting the, the other two over two. I would argue. Yeah, I, I'm into this and into the Dexter Loomis stuff. You know, actually, I think Alfred. Do you know this? I think. Those are actually, that's actually Dexter Loomis is actually drawing those. I think yeah. he actually oh, is an artist. He's an actual artist. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. So, so that's kind of fun to me. I don't know. So look, I thought this was a good go home piece of business to try to sell this New Year's Evil again. We already talked about it. They're at a bit of a disadvantage. The wrestling world's yeah. talking about this tribute, yes. but I thought they, they, they still had to do a wrestling show tonight and they produced and what they produced. They're going to have one hell of a show next week. That show is can't miss, in my opinion. Uh, $5 super chat. Alejandro Villarreal. Uh, it should be a fun match between two great Mexican wrestlers back in Mexico. Both of them were great. Yes, they were. Uh, all I want is Devlin versus Santos Escobar. You're right, brother. Yes, they were when they were over there. You're 100% accurate in that statement. Yeah, Escobar and Metalik are just going to rip it. I can't wait for that match next week. Is Metalik, let me ask that same writer, uh, if he watches so much of them when they were over there, you can't possibly think the way Grand Metalik is being treated here was how he was treated over there. It's no. not even close. Grand Metalik was on his way to a Hall of Fame career over there. Yeah, and he's treated like just such like an exotic. It's just horrible what they've done to him. But he was a legend, really. I mean, he's on his way to becoming a legend. He can still go back. He's still a pretty young guy. So. And he will. I mean, he still yeah. will. I mean, he will. Wink. Yeah, you're right. 
but again, if he and Lindsay Dorado are in the NXT world, again, it's controlled and by being Triple taken H. Serious and being taken seriously. Okay. Again, okay. you put them on. You put them on Raw or SmackDown. You you run the risk of, ha Let's put a sombrero on them. Oh, wait, what? They like uh, Gerardo? Oh, let's make like what? Like the stupid ideas that come in his head. Like, where's the person to go? No, terrible idea. Uh, DNA of TNA Morgan fan five dollars. Hey, bro, Matt and Justin, I have update on Peyton Royce and her push. Vince gave up on her. Good job hiring Alfred, and he's a natural on the live stream. Thank you, brother. Hell yeah, he is. Wait, wait. So, is he being honest? Like, was that real news? I or? think so. I think I don't. I, well, with the Peyton Royce thing, I think he's being a uh, joke. But but I think he's being serious about Alfred. I always been serious about. Me. <laughs> 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 I can use a compliment today. <laughs> no, Alfred. Hey, Morgan, Morgan fan. I was. I text. I text Raj for like six weeks saying, "Have you have you emailed Alfred about?" Getting them on. Have you emailed Alfred? By getting, like, finally, after like six weeks, oh, yeah, let me. I was like, I could have just called Alfred. We could have <laughs> saved six weeks if you just would have let me do this. But this has been a lot of fun for you guys. Though. It's great. You know, I spent Christmas Eve with you guys and good to be here uh, on the last show of the year with you guys. It's been great. And the fans are great here. So thanks for all the kind words, everybody. Alfred, do your plug. You, you write for Forbes. Do your yeah. plug. We're getting ready to end. Uh, yeah, if you watch me on Forbes, go to Forbes and look at Alfred, K-O-N-U-W-A. Follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty. And watch my pro wrestling YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling Bits. Matt, plug something. I, I, I dare I'm you. I'm not plugging nothing. <laughs> I have nothing to plug. Last show the year, Matt. Plug something. I am not in the wrestling world anymore. What, am I, what do you want me to plug? I'm doing a signing out to VFW Hall. <laughs> what do you want me to say? No, I'm not. Know. I'm but, uh, a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, you plugged. Uh, oh. You plugged oh. something. Yes, you're correct. Thrive. Yes, you are yeah. correct. Yeah. But I've got to slow down so I can catch up to everybody that's now messaged me for it. I got to catch up. Good lord! If you've messaged me, I will get back to you. By the way, do not lose hope, folks. I did not expect so many of you that watched the show to actually really message me all at the same time. So I've got to get back at on that with everybody that has messaged me so if you have messaged me i apologize i will get to you i promise yeah i mean i i know tonight's show the, the Dude, peak so of so many people watch this show well tonight's Holy audience shit. from what i can see on the live metrics we had a huge audience at the peak wow. of the show tonight so dude and they and they're down for trying new things um a lot of them are trying to get in shape now like we've got really cool fans we do absolutely friends uh, you're not fans friends and uh, we appreciate all the super chats. We appreciate all the all the live viewership, all all the comments. I know we don't show everybody's comment, but again, the fact that you guys do comment, if you're not paying money for super chat, we still yeah. appreciate. It. It's very cool. You guys all interact, and, and this is a community. Um, the, this week, more than ever, the the loss of a Brody Lee, the ending of a shit year, uh, a community is a very important word to have. Um, so we'll leave it there. Um, I don't really have much more to say. Again, at Justin Labar. Uh, every after all the major shows, after Wednesday, after Friday, after Monday, after pay per views, right here on the Wrestling Inc. Uh, YouTube channel and all the other social media uh, channels we have, you can watch Check it out live. The new Twitch on Wrestling Inc. too. Twitch, yeah, we're, we're all over the place. So I'm, I'm actually, yeah, it's Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope. It's great. Um, Friday night, we're back after SmackDown. Probably, uh, or I think we're going I'll on Friday. Back. I'll be back. Yes, definitely, I'm Matt. Man of podcasting. Definitely, I Matt. Miss. <laughs> definitely matt who else is with them it'll be a lottery glenn, draw glenn glenn probably glenn 
All right, guys. Uh, again, thank you very much. Uh, be nice to one another. Celebrate the New Year's safely, happily. Yeah. Let's Happy get into 2021. Happy New Year's. Uh, it's been a tough 2020, but we've had a great time at least doing this kind of stuff, and we will uh, continue on. So thank you very much, and this is going to do it. We'll be back next Wednesday.